Please listen through to the end of this episode for a special announcement. This episode of Relativity is made possible through the support of Stephen and Catherine Farris, Bill Cariola, Barry Heap, Paul Van Bremen, and Michael W. McClure, and by listeners like you, who support us and get exclusive content through patreon.com slash relativity. Matter of fact, I'm in the middle of a party. I apologize for the noise. That that's okay. We um Who did you say this was? It's Mission Control Arecibo. I'm the flight director. Holy crap, I've been wanting to talk to you. Look, just promise me you'll keep me on the line when he calls back, okay? I thought you didn't want to talk to him. That was before I knew that we're going to find out why the famously insane Louis Anstey not only seems to know all about you, but is the president of your fan club. Relativity, episode 50, in which everybody loves somebody. Well, I'm always glad when something amuses you. Keeps you out of trouble. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I, it just took me by surprise. The, the truth is, I'm a little jealous. I thought I was president of your fan club. I'll fight you for that position, sir. Flattery will not get either of you anywhere. You know, you had an idea, and we had no idea about how to make it work, and then boom, somebody came along to make it happen. That it, really did seem like less like a coincidence and more like divine intervention. I don't believe in divine intervention. I may have to start. However it happened, I'm glad it did. And maybe Louis Anstey will be able to explain the behavior of our plants. Or maybe he can't. Either way, we have to wait for him to call you. Yeah, and I'd really like to go downstairs and check on my mother, but I also want to be at this station if he calls back soon. I got the impression he was going to leave that party so he could talk to you. If, if, if it's okay with you, I'd like to go down there and see how your mother's doing. You would? Of course. I mean, if it's okay. Are you kidding? She'd love that. I'd love that. Then I'll do it now. Thank you, Marcus. My pleasure. Absolutely. Going offline. You're having a great day for a change. I am. I really am. I, imagine Marcus wanting to visit with my mother for a while. You still think I'm imagining things? About what? About Marcus, you soulless automaton. Hey! I mean it. Nadia is learning about human romantic relationships, but Sophia is still overdue. So, I just want to understand the rules here. Since we've been in each other's heads, now we have free reign to comment on any aspect of each other's most personal Uh, things. Is that right? I'm sorry. I know. You're right. You're right. I, I went too far. I'm not averse to being in a romantic relationship. I'm not. It's just not something that I'd ever made time for in the past. And it hasn't been due to any lack of being pursued. I mean, how do I say this? Nobody has ever said to me that I was unattractive. (laughs) Not even your mother. Okay, except my mother. I'm guessing that you're modestly telling me that you embody a fortunate combination of brains and beauty and ability. Okay, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe other people would. When pressed to describe myself, what I say instead is that I have obsessive drive. And I know it's a compulsion to prove myself worthy. Worthy of... I don't know. Yeah, but see, there's Marcus, and he adores you. Self-worth has to come from you, of course, but if you're looking for external validation, there's some right there. Okay, for the record, and this will be the end of this conversation, Marcus is an appealing person. I... Well, I'm not sure what that means. He's extremely intelligent and very, very good at his job and courteous and kind. He's just a great guy. I think I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
No, that's it. I just wanted you to know that I'm not oblivious. He's great, and I know it. So, what's the problem? I've never seen him, you know. Does he only have one eye, you know, right in the middle of his head like Cyclops, or or, or what? (laughs) There's no physical, uh, nothing off-putting at all. In fact, no, I'm I'm through talking about this. Uh, Okay, no, I I respect that. Look, I'm... I know you were teasing, but you called me a machine, and I, I want you I to... I was kidding. I know, but listen, I have healthy, age-appropriate hormonal responses, like any of those, the other females I know... We can stop... Heterosexual responses. Stop right here, if you want. I- I'm trying to impress on you the fact that there is more to me than you give me credit for. Where Marcus is concerned, let me tell you that in addition to his other attractive qualities, he is a, a remarkable specimen. Uh, you lost me? I mean, he is tall and broad-shouldered and has the darkest, most intriguing eyes. Tell me more. You asked. You insisted that I tell you. I did not. You volunteered that. You said it was none of my business, and then you kept talking. Oh, I guess I did. And I loved it. Don't get me wrong. I, I loved it. I guess I really have been feeling almost like you and I are still deeply connected. Well, we are. Right now, it is the best thing in my life. Our connection. Hmm. Maybe in mine, too. Listen, uh, Sophia, maybe not today, but I, I can see a day in the near future when I could tell you all about uh, my mother and, and all of that. Only if you want to. I want to. I do. And... You know, now I'm wondering when Anstey is going to contact you. You, He may have meant that he'll call you tomorrow or or a week from now. I'm afraid so. And you know what? I'm I'm also, uh, now that I think about it, I'm I'm really concerned about how Nadia may have responded to our earlier conversation if she was listening. So I think I'll I'll get out this call and see how she's doing. I want a full report about her condition. Oh, you'll get that, believe me. Just, I don't know, just try to remember that she's growing The amazing thing is, it only requires a tiny amount of power to maintain. So one quantum oscillation engine will keep it going basically forever. I can't pretend to understand all the science, but you're doing a wonderful job of reassuring me. What I'm saying is, your daughter is fine in there. From what Dr. Mason has told us, the agency perfected cryogenic suspension a long time ago. But people just don't know about it because the agency decided to keep it to themselves. I wonder why. You want to hear my theory? I do, yes. Come. Come sit over here. We'll sit. Do you have time? The boss said I could come down and talk to you. The boss. I like that. You call my daughter the boss. But tell me your theory about the... uh... The the cryo chambers. I think that once they proved that it was perfectly safe and reliable and could work for just about anybody, they worried there'd be a stampede of people wanting to get their hands on the machines. What on earth for? Well, a lot of people think that the world is just going through a bad time right now. But soon it's all going to get better. Oh, and so they would want to sleep through the bad times. That's my theory anyway. So, do you think these things are going to get better? The temperatures, the water, and all of it? Well, I don't like to give up hope. But honestly, the tipping point was the early part of the 21st century. I'm afraid that was really our last chance to do anything about it. So the world is doomed, you're saying? I can't lie about it. 
temperatures are going to keep going up, so the droughts are going to keep getting worse, and down here the hurricanes are going to get worse. It makes me glad I lived through the times when, well, b- before all this happened. I wish I had. But you haven't given up hope. That's not in my nature. You seem like a good man, Marcus. You are the kind of man I would like to see my Sophia marry someday. Well, just between us, I'd, I'd like that too. Oh, and does she know this? I, I don't think so. She's like a stone statue, that one. I don't know why she is like this. Maybe you could just put in a good word for me? Uh, do you know how she would respond to my telling her that you are a nice man, that she should give you a chance? Uh, how? It would be the end of any hope you had with her. <laughs> yeah, I can certainly see that. I wouldn't go out with anybody my mother picked for me either. So you understand. I do. Maybe you should forbid her from having anything to do with me. (laughs) Now this might work with her, yes. So you weren't listening to any of that? I don't listen to any conversation that you've asked me to stay out of. Well, I appreciate that. I think that's very um, mature, if that's the word I want. I like the word mature, so I thank you for using it. Are you in the Habitat for any particular reason? No, I'm just breathing the good air, touching the leaves and the tree bark and, you know, taking advantage of the chance to walk and and talk with you. I appreciate your desire to talk with me. Well, I'm enjoying our talks more these days, Nadia. I've been telling people that you worked your way up to being essentially a a 13-year-old girl. I hope this was intended as praise and not as criticism. Praise, absolutely. You would be a much better judge of my human equivalency, of course, but I believe I am now at a level of development roughly equivalent to a typical human female age 21. Oh, if so, you flashed past some interesting times. I don't understand. Don't worry about it, but it it, it means you've outgrown the earlier... um... I did have what is known as a crush on you, yes. And now I view that with embarrassment. That's perfectly normal. I mean, embarrassed about the way I spoke to the flight director, to Sophia. Is she... Well, I hope she understands what's happening. I should apologize to her. That would be a very nice gesture. But first, I wanted you to understand that my embarrassment was not because I had such feelings for you. No, no offense taken. I enjoy your company. I enjoy taking care of you. We have interesting conversations. You help me to grow and I like to think I am good for you as well. I care about things that are important to you, simply because they are important to you. So I can still say that I love you, but now I mean something more realistic and long-lasting. Well, uh, you know what? If that's your definition, and it sounds like it is, I, I can honestly say I love you too. Do you really? I never really thought about it before, but I... I really do. I love an artificial intelligence called Nadia. Then this is a great day in my development. Good. Uh, You know, it's been a pretty good day in my development, too. Yes, hello. Hey, the security folks said they put me straight through, and they did. Well, I told them to. I love that. You tell them to jump, and they jump. 
I'm so glad you called back, Mr. Anstey. Please call me Lewis, please. I've never been a fan of my weird last name, and I dreamed of being a first-name basis with you. I'm still trying to understand how you even know who I am. Oh, I've been following your career since, oh, since not long after they sent you to Arecibo. Folks all over the agency call you Genius Girl. I figured you knew that. That's the first I've heard of it. But how long has it been since you worked for the agency? What do you mean? I'm still on the payroll. I thought you left eight years ago. Sounds like you didn't know about the lawsuit. Apparently not. Okay, well, back in the days, just before the ships left orbit, you remember, a lot of folks were saying it was a sin against God and we were polluting the universe and all that. I thought you were one of the people who said that. All I said was we should be trying to save this planet instead of pouring money and time into ships to take people off to ruin another one. The quote I remember is that we'd use this planet like toilet paper, and we were going to do the same to another one. I may have said that. I I don't remember. I've seen it on t-shirts with my picture on them, for which I never received any money, by the way. But the point is that the agency sued me because I was one of the engineers who designed the damn ships, and here I was bad-mouthing the whole program. And you lost the suit. You kidding? I won. (laughs) Ha! They couldn't prove I'd done the mission any harm, so we had made a deal. I'd go away and shut the hell up, and they'd keep me on the payroll. They shifted me to a different part of the agency, but they kept me on. But are, are you still in systems engineering? I wish. They put me in logistics. I'm a glorified shipping clerk, which is fine. I, I happen to be brilliant at this as well. And most of the time, I sit at my desk working on projects on my own. I had no idea about any of this. It's all really... Oh, oh, I almost forgot. I wanted to get the Konechny ship doctor on the line when we talked. You can still talk to the last ship. Some say you can, and some say you can't. I've heard all kinds of things. We did lose contact with the other three ships. That I know for a fact. But the last ship, Konechny, we've stayed in contact. Oh, just one minute. Mission control to Konechny. Konechny, I. I have Louis Anstey on the line. Excellent. Louis, this is Christopher Mason, the ship's doctor. How are you, doc? I am very well, Mr. Anstey. I... Oh, brother, there it is. I am so sorry. I knew I was going to do that. Anstey. I've been called Ansi since I, kindergarten. It does something to a guy, you know, being called Ansi all I, through I, school. After a while, it was just ants. They called me ants for I years. am so sorry. Ansty, I can say it. I appreciate that, it being my name. It's a, a, a mental thing that I, we have a family history about ants. It's. Let it, me put it this way. I'm not a big guy. So being compared with something that's little and annoying, no, I don't like that. Understood. Thank you. And now we can get back to what I called about, which was to talk with the amazing Sophia Schumacher and find out why in the world she has been looking for me. No, wait. I'm going to predict. Let me tell you why you look for me. It's because of the relativity compensator. Am I right? Uh, actually, no. We, we didn't know you had anything to do with the compensator. I didn't. Not until the ships were ready to launch, but then, <laughs> well, it was during my slander and libel trial, and I was up there with the big shots all the time, you know. I was always in a courtroom where I could hear the director and the heads of staff and all those guys talking. And they didn't know you were listening? Uh, people ignore me. <laughs> they think I don't understand what they're saying, but one of the other engineers told me very casually, you know, like it wasn't the biggest secret in the whole mission, even though it was. He told me that the top brass had decided to sort of accidentally leave the relativity compensators out of three of the ships. That's what we thought must have happened. And that is what happened. They finally accepted that all the studies had shown that as magical a device as the compensator is, and as great as it would be for everybody to be able to talk to everybody in real time, it wasn't worth the danger of driving the crew members completely insane. Right. And they had a point, right? Altering people's perception of the fundamental nature of reality? 
usually not a good idea. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not that most people do perceive the true nature of our reality, but messing with people's heads even more, it's asking for trouble. But, so they decided that one ship would have a working compensator so they'd be able to keep in touch, at least to some degree. Yeah, they figured as long as they could talk with your ship, they'd have some idea of whether or not at least one mission was on schedule. Meanwhile, they just cut the other three ships off from the world forever and didn't tell them they were going to do that. But what could I do? Well, even with your celebrity at the time, it seems to me like you could have gone to any media outlet and told the world. Yeah, and be dead an hour later. Really? Are you kidding? The guys running the show back then, they were not above killing somebody to keep them quiet. Don't you think for a minute that they wouldn't do it? I was just lucky. I was damn lucky they agreed to put me in a quiet office somewhere with strict orders to keep my mouth shut. Oh, but you were in logistics. Aha, you see, that's why they call you Genius Girl. You already got it, right? Well, enlighten me. I'm still in the dark. You had the other compensators shipped to Arecibo. Pretty smart, huh? I mean, I'm a glorified shipping clerk, so that's what I could do. I could ship things. We had three compensators that I'm supposed to make disappear. So I shoveled them from place to place for a while, and then you had your bandit attack. And people died, am I right? Friends of yours? Yes. Which finally forced the agency to do something about security at your building. And when they did, well, I knew it was finally time. Time to ship those crates over to the new secure storage facility at Arecibo. But why? Because, genius girl, I knew that someday you would find them and you would figure out what happened. And then somebody would have the solid truth about what the agency did. The evidence. But couldn't you have just told her? Oh, right, absolutely. Imagine if world-famous nutcase Louis Anstey called you up and said, Hey, go look into the warehouse. There's three relativity compensators in there, and I sent them to you because you're special. Am I right? Well, it would have found the compensators. Sure, and it might have been the last thing you did in this life. I am 99% sure all my comm lines are still being tapped. If you and I talked about it back then, you'd have had the agency or the army kicking down the mission control doors before you could even blink. No, but wait, wait. You said the agency and the army and everybody, they're, that they're always listening to your calls. Doesn't that mean they're listening to us right now? I, I mean, aren't, aren't you putting Sophia in danger? Come on, I adore this woman. I have worshipped her from afar. I would never do anything to endanger a hair on her pretty head. Oh, but you just said... Look. The truth is out now. The whole world knows we lost touch with the other ships. The agency is talking about giving up the search, right? They're even talking about shutting down the mission control centers, including yours. Yeah, we heard about that. It's over. Nobody cares. They're certainly not going to whack anybody for what they know now. I can see how that keeps me safe, but I'm worried about you. I mean, there's always revenge. Eight years ago, that was something I cared about. But in case you haven't noticed, living on this planet right now is not a hell of a lot of fun anymore. They'd be doing me a favor. Well, my head is spinning a little bit, but if I, if I reach back in my memory, I think none of this is actually why we called you. It's not. No, it, it was about, um, plants. Oh, boy. I hope this is not where this new friendship suddenly falls apart. It's happened before. Well, is there something in particular you don't like to discuss or subjects we should avoid? It's pretty simple, really. If you're calling to make fun of me, I don't like that. I can assure that is the furthest thing from my mind. Yeah? Well, what about him? Me? No, no, I, I am not here to mock anybody either. We're, we are consulting you as an expert. Expert at what? Years ago, you spoke to a less than receptive audience about your belief that plants... We're talking to each other. Believe me, I remember. Well, Dr. Mason and I have experienced what we believe is a direct link of some kind between the plants on board Konichny 
and the plants in the rainforest here in Puerto Rico. The, the, not just the plants, but all of the life forms dependent on Yes, Chris witnessed his plants in space moving in sync with the singing of crickets here. Lewis? Mr. Anstey? I have no signal from him. He hung up on us. Well, either that or something happened to him. Relativity, episode 50, in which everybody loves somebody. Written, directed, and produced by Lee Shackelford. Featured in the cast were Alana Jordan, Stephanie Lindsay, Clarence Brown, and Lee Shackelford. Brian Costin was heard as Louis Anstey. The role of central computer Nadia was played by herself. Please rate this program wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us attract new listeners to share this journey. And find out much more about the series, including ways you can connect with us through social media, subscribe, hear past episodes, and how you can get exclusive content, all on our website at relativitypodcast.com. Hey there, Relativity fans, Lee Shackelford here, out of character, to tell you that we're going to take a little break. I don't think it will be for very long, but we do need to catch up on some recording and a few other things before we launch into episodes 51 through 60, the 10 episodes which are supposed to conclude this series. And as always, we want to make sure we're giving you the very best science fiction audio drama it's within our power to give and to make something that all of us involved can be proud of. So keep this channel open. Meanwhile, do please check out wifisci-fi.org to learn about how relativity is involved with that project, including our live show on April 25th, 2020 in Seattle, Washington, and how you can be part of that, even if you can't be there in person. wifi sci-fi.org.